Welcome to Answers from the Stairs, an off-the-cuff chat with Chris Vester. On this show, Chris provides insight on all areas of your life, whether it be your business, your relationships, or your health. Chris is a longtime business owner and coach looking to help everyone and anyone find their purpose and beat mediocrity. In his experience, he can teach anyone to reach their true potential. If you're ready to realize your God-given talents, then welcome to the show. What's our purpose? So, you know, I, I talk about what some of the things I listen to or watch in the morning, whether it's video video blogs or podcasts or audio books, <clears throat> and they kind of they kind of circle around several things, you know, whether it's business leadership or it's productivity or faith. And some of it revolves around finding purpose. And the one I was listening to yesterday, I had no idea that's what it would be about, um, was where Ed Milet was interviewing Justin Weiss, who is a MMA fighter, who is known as the Big Pygmy. And he goes into how he actually found his life purpose and what was involved with that. And more than anything, it was a complete surrendering to listening to God's voice in his life. And, you know, in reflecting on that on that podcast, it, it makes you wonder, am I in my purpose? What is my purpose? And am I completely surrendering to that voice? Um, and that's a big, deep question. And maybe more than a three-minute video um, blog, vlog, whatever you want to call it, this morning. But when you hear someone go into deep detail about how they discovered their purpose and what a low point they were, and you know without a shadow of a doubt, because of what they shared and what their experience had been in their life before, there was no way that that, that purpose didn't come from a complete surrender in their life. And what it led to is him really, more than anything, just really listening to that to that voice and saying, you know, that's my purpose. No matter what I've done before in my life or where I thought my life was going to go, that's my purpose. And how can I fulfill that purpose in the best way and touch as many people as I can while doing that? Um, so, I, I, again, you know, I say a lot of times, maybe I don't have any answers today. But I guess the question I'm asking myself over and over and over is, you know, what is my purpose and am I fulfilling that purpose and am I listening to that still small voice that's in my heart and my mind every day? And you know, one of the things Ed says in this podcast is um, that he believes, and this is his belief, is that when you're having these notions and these movements and these dreams, that it's God's way of going, hey, here's part of it and you got to do the rest of the work. Um, and I, I kind of agree with that. You know, we've, I've, we've had a couple of sermons a couple months ago about that specific thing, about knowing when to listen to that voice, you know? Um, so I'm just going to really start paying a lot of attention to that voice. And I try, I think I do every day. And then I hear a podcast like this and I go, maybe I'm not listening as much as I think I am. So listen to that small voice. Purpose. 
I talk a lot about finding purpose, working in your purpose um, on some of these episodes. When I find something that I feel like is really good content that speaks to me, I'll listen to it way more than one time, whether that's a book or a podcast. And today, I actually um, was re-listening to one of the Breadwinner podcasts by Tyler Harris, where he interviews Jared Emerson, who is a speed painter, pretty well-known speed painter, um, actually out of Greenville, South Carolina, like Tyler is. Um, and the reason this particular podcast, and I think this is probably the th- third or fourth time I've listened to it, the reason it spoke to me is because it talks about purpose. And and Tyler opens up and he says, you know, it's really easy when you see someone, especially that's an artist, whether they're a musician, a painter, someone who draws, if they're an artist, a fashion designer, I mean, anybody where you can actually visually see the product of their work, it's kind of, it, it, it makes it really easy to say they're doing exactly what they were born to do, especially if they're great at it. You know, great architecture. You can just name through anything in life that's a creative space and know if the person that's created it is doing what they were born to do. And so it immediately brought it by my, the first time I heard it, my daughter, because she's very, very creative. And of course, I passed it to her so she could understand, you know, living in your purpose. But what he did touch on was the fact that in the business space, it's not as easy to identify when someone's actually living in their purpose. Um, it's just not as easy to see. Sometimes it's a byproduct of their, of their work. Um, the creation of a successful business. But you think about in the business space, especially in the leadership space, it might be what they were born to create is this business or this environment. But if they're not surrounded by the right people, it's hard for them to create their purpose, which makes it all that more important that the people that are in the organization understand their purpose so that everybody's working in their purpose to create this thing way larger than any one of them singularly. Um, one of John Maxwell's favorite sayings is, one is too few to make an impact. You know, everybody says, you know, you've got to be- begin with yourself and one person can change the world, but in reality, one person can't. It takes somebody getting on the bandwagon and understanding that vision. And when everybody's working towards one common purpose, what kind of impact can that have? So when you... What I got out of it was when you're seeing something and you say, man, that's exactly what they were created to do, translating that into the business world and feeding into your people and help them figure out what were they created to do, what's their purpose, and then helping them, coaching them in that if you feel like you're working in your purpose and your purpose is to coach and create on the business level. I know that's kind of deep and... But, I mean, I'm telling you, that, that podcast, again, it's, I think it's the third or fourth time I've listened to it. And every time I listen to it, I get something a little bit different. But th- today, help your people. So yesterday, I spent some time in the classroom at Bedingfield High School, speaking to two classes with two technicians from our Toyota store. We were speaking to... AutoTech 1 students, as well as intro to AutoTech students. And uh, to me, I actually learned a big life lesson yesterday. And it boils down to some things that I've talked on here about before. 
about finding purpose, finding passion, following that passion, following that purpose. So while we're in there, so the first class we talked to was Autotech One students, where they've already been through the intro. They're actually to the point they're working on vehicles. They're getting involved in actually breaking cars down, understanding how they work. And there were there were supposed to be six kids in the class, small class. Two of them were six, so we had four total students. And all four of the students were engaged for the whole hour and a half, asking great questions, talking about their future. They knew exactly why they wanted to be an auto, automotive technician. They had discovered something they were extremely passionate about and were willing to learn and make it their career. I mean, they all were considering being technicians, which is a desperate need in the automotive space right now. I mean, desperate need. The second class we talked to was intro to auto tech, where they spend most of the time talking about, you know, shop safety and how to how to do things more than anything safely. Intro. Not a lot of not a lot of hands-on working on cars type of thing. There are 14 kids in this class. And of the 14, about three were engaged. Like super engaged. Already knew that's what they want to do, mostly because of outside the classroom experience, things that they had done either with their dad or with, with their family member that was in the, in the automotive, automotive space doing some type of mechanical or technical work. And those three, hour and a half, kept firing off questions, while the rest of the class stayed pretty disengaged. And I actually asked, when I first went in there, you've been here a month or so, how many of you want to be an automotive technician? This is what you want to do. And those three were the only really three that raised their hand. I had one that was kind of tentative. But you know, there's, they, they talk about the workforce as a whole, how engaged the workforce is. And the percentage of people that are actually actively engaged, passionate about their job, works out to about three in 14 according to studies, according to statistics, the, whoever comes up with those studies. And here I am in a classroom talking to 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th graders, and it's already started even at that young of an age. And I got to thinking, why hasn't somebody figured out that if you help people find their passion, that they become fully engaged and become a more productive workforce? You know, I, and then I look at work and I see where we're having team members that are having trouble getting engaged. Either they don't align with where we're trying to go or they don't want to do some of the things that we're asking them to do to get them better at their job, constantly growing in their idea of success. Well, then you figure out well, it's because they're not passionate about what they do. It's not what they burn to do every day. And getting to see it live and in person with a bunch of teenagers yesterday. And I thought, you know what? We never really grow out of that. And it's kind of sad because it's like we get to a point and we say, you know what? It's just too late for me. I can't find what I'm burning about. I can't find what I'm passionate about. I've racked up too much debt. I, I can't do what satisfies me to my core. I can't work inside of my God-given gift and make it work. It's just too late. And then yesterday I saw that really... It just starts too early. 
We're not pouring in our tour and helping them figure out what they're passionate about, what they're gifted at, and then how do they use that gift and passion to create a life that's an enjoyable work environment for them until they're done working. Something we should work on. I'm going to try. I get to talk to a lot of kids this year. It's probably going to be what I talk to them about the most. What are you passionate about? What's your God-given gift? And then how are you going to make that part of what you do for the rest of your life? So yesterday, I was able to visit a classroom again. You know, last week I went to an auto tech class and an intro to auto tech class. Yesterday, it was a class about career management. So basically 20 kids that are in a class learning about what do they need to do, what kind of actions do they need to take to, to get involved and, and to follow the career path that they're thinking about at that age. Ninth, 10th, 11th, 12th graders. Mostly sophomores and juniors, only one senior in the bunch. Um, about, like I said, about 20 kids. And here's what I learned. Kids at that age that have, and I touched on it last time, that have made a decision about what they are passionate about are way more engaged when it comes to discussing where they are in life, what direction they need to take, and as well as creating conversation and asking questions about help with that, help with that particular goal in life of, of finding a career that fits them. You know, I think last time I gave the statistic about the number of people that were truly engaged at work. And in this class, you know, last time it was about that 28 to 30, 32%. In this class, it was much closer to like 55, 60% that were engaged in the conversation, um, asking really good, deep questions, um, asking um, very thoughtful Sometimes personal questions, which is great. You know, I think that's one of the things we learn is we, we, we look to people who have been in a situation and try to look for some mentorship from them or leadership from them. But it's a big breath of fresh air to sit when I went to each one of these students, because I asked them in the beginning, who, who in here knows kind of what they want to do in life? I mean, what's that you've already chosen a career path? And went to each one of those, and because I, I wanted them to voice it, I wanted them to voice it for the class, because I don't know that that's ever that that's an experience they've ever talked about is why they want to do what they want to do. So I'd ask them, what do you want to do if they had made that choice? And then the why behind it, what was the why? And to hear the different whys was just, again, encouraging. You know, I mean, there was, I want to be a doctor, I want to be a forensic psychologist, and I want to be a nurse. And there was three specific that wanted to be nurses, all of them with very different whys. One of them with a very personal why. She said you know, her father had lots of health issues and that through that process, she had learned that in most cases, the nurse actually helped more than the doctors did. So she wanted to have that effect on people, which I thought was an incredible why. And another, another kid wanted to work in music and have work on music therapy. And when I asked him why, he said, because I, I know what kind of effect it can have on people with P, uh, PTSD and and traumatic experiences and I would really love to be able to participate and help people that have that type of experience. Just in really encouraging that they had actually thought about what they wanted to do with the rest of their life and the reason why behind it. Because I told them to never lose sight of that why because the why would be more important and then the money would come. 
But then I thought about last week's lesson about how at that age is where it really starts to lose focus, where we, we, we become disengaged that early. And I thought, why, if, if career management is offered, why is it not even just mandatory? You know, so that we can begin to pour into that next generation of workforce so that when they do discover what they're passionate about and figure out a way to make that their life, how they don't become one of the most impactful and productive workforces that we've ever seen, all by taking a little bit of time to ask them, what are you passionate about and why you want to do that? And then encouraging that whole process of self-discovery. Again, lessons from the classroom this time. Thank you for listening to Answers from the Stairs with Chris Vester and for using the insights you gained to find your purpose and strength in anything you do. Tune in next week for another chat with Chris. And don't forget that reaching your true potential is not easy, but it's worth the work to find it and live in it. Until next time.